Welcome back to Happy Snapping, the podcast where we explore the wonderful world of photography with inspiring and creative in individuals. Welcome back. It's been a while. <laughs> There's been a break. I didn't intend for there to be a big break. There's the holidays and then people got sick and then I have a family. So then when one person gets sick, it turns into like two months of people sharing sicknesses. But we're back and we're healthy and I mean to keep doing this. So welcome back and thank you everyone who has joined in the first several episodes and left good comments. And um, I just appreciate you being here and I'm, I'm glad you enjoy this as much as I do. And thank you, of course, to all the guests who have been able to come on. We have an amazing guest for this episode. This is David, the CEO of Pixie. Pixie is a new camera startup from France and their story is really cool. And what they're doing is really cool, mixing some extremely high-tech elements and very modern elements with very old-school elements um, of the rangefinder. And the there's some interesting, very hard technical bits of the, about this too. Like it turns out, um, there's not a lot of support out there for larger sensors and being able to be a new camera startup with these larger APS-C or full-frame sensors. So he talks about that. Um, and then also a rangefinder. <laughs> How do you find somebody to manufacture a rangefinder? Um, and it turns out their location in France is part of the key to that. So very cool how that all came together. Pixie, I own a Pixie camera. That is the only camera I've ever bought brand new. That's how much it meant to me to put my money where my mouth is and support the company because of what they're doing is so cool. I was only able to do that because of this YouTube channel. It's a very expensive camera, so it's very much a luxury item right now, um, but it is really cool. So you're going to hear from David. He's awesome. Um, he wants to talk more about photography and the art of photography. In this podcast, we just dove into his his company because I thought that was so interesting. Maybe we'll have him back on and, and just talk about the art of photography and get his thoughts on that as well. Also, another note, we recorded this back in December, and some things we talked about have changed since then. For example, one of the things he talks about is wanting to be able to get um, the Pixie camera available on US retail sites like B&H. It actually now is. So a couple of weeks ago, it showed up on B&H as a camera you can order there, which is very cool. I'm excited for them. Anyway, enough of me talking. Let's get into what David from Pixie has to say. David, welcome to this podcast and thank you so much for coming on. It's a pleasure to uh, meet you face to face. Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We've been having uh, uh, epistolary exchanges, uh, I mean, email conversations for, for a bit, but uh, yeah. So just be with you. Yeah, and you know, but I'll let people who are listening to this know, our first correspondence came from when I submitted a ticket about, so I bought the Pixie camera and I submitted kind of a, a thing to the help asking some things I was kind of confused about something. And the response I got was from you, which I thought was surprising because you are the CEO of Pixie, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I do am, you answer uh, all, the, all the help emails? <laughs> I do answer quite a lot of emails, yeah. I've started recently to share some of that also uh, more with the rest of the team, uh, you know, just to make sure I do not become a bottleneck. And sure. also yeah. so that, <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's a conversation on support we're having, but uh, it, it is part of the connection where, where we, we, we try to have with photographers. And uh, I wanted to make sure that the team also got the rest of the feedback from Sure. Yeah. Photographers and users, uh, the good and the bad one, right? And we're very lucky in that uh, even if we have problems, you know, uh, uh, with be it software, hardware, uh, just logistic, uh, uh, all of our photographers, our customers, are generally very patient and kind and willing to, you know give us some good feedback in that well you know this is not uh the way i was expecting it so here is how you can maybe 
do things differently, uh, improve, and so on. And it, most of that, I mean, needs to be shared with the team and even more directly, if possible. So that's how we're, we're managing uh, this transition time at, at this point. Yeah. It's kind of like a self-selected group of people who have chosen the Pixie cameras. So maybe that's why that feedback yeah. is the way it is, a little bit more mature, a little bit more helpful yeah. instead of just like raging about stuff um, because the type of yeah. people that would buy a camera that is this expensive but not only that but just has no screen and is a rangefinder or just mm -hmm. people that are after rangefinders you're going to get a different type of group of people i think yes and it, it is also part of uh, how we we distribute the the, the 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 camera how we create it and how we sell it to uh to uh, interested users uh again uh a lot of people are asking us, you know, is there a place where I can buy it? Is there a place where I can test it and so on? We're, we're trying to improve this, right? And at some point have a, a, a dealers, resellers and so on. But uh, some of the advantage of having this direct link is that um, uh, somehow, yeah, as you were saying, it's kind of selecting folks who are really interested uh, because uh, I guess what we would not like to have is people, you know, who have expectations of a, well, this is a second, you know, name your favorite brand. I'm going to buy yeah. a camera from them and, you know, I'm going to have the same, um, uh, I don't know if we, you know, level of service or et cetera. Again, we're a startup that is, we can keep up with some of that uh, demand and level of expectations but probably with not, not all of it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is a project or it is a product still for a passionate uh, uh, a group of people. Uh, and hopefully, you know, with the help of the first users, photographers, again, uh, we will, you know, graduate to the, uh, to the next uh, major league. Um, and be able to 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 serve more photographers uh, because that's the goal anyway. Yeah, let's talk about the. Um, could you tell, walk me through a little bit of the history of Pixie? So, um, talk yeah. about like how you even came up with the idea, how it all started, and kind of like mm -hmm. how long ago it started and where we're at now. Um, the 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 story of Pixie is a long story. <laughs> so the 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 idea really started. Uh, you know, coming to mind around 2014 or even 13, I, I guess, uh, when uh, there was a time where Sony was proposing something like, uh, you know, a, a pluggable uh, sensor module, uh, which you could uh, connect to your smartphone. Um, so Yeah, that the Sony QX1, kind of, I think. Right, exactly. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yep. That was somehow around that time. Uh, and this is where I was starting to become serious about this idea of creating my own camera. Uh, because uh, the more I was seeing, you know, new cameras uh, coming on the market, the less I was interested in uh, what I was seeing. Hmm. Like, uh, you know, I was wondering to myself, when are they going to realize that there is a smartphone now which is totally changing things and... Uh, and they need to do something different. And Sony was trying, you know, uh, honestly to provide a new proposition, uh, except, well, it was not the right time, maybe the technology was not mature enough, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, I'm also, uh, uh, 
you know, I studied economics when I was a, when I was a student. So uh, reminded me of this, uh, you know, classical innovator uh, dilemma uh, problem. That is, they are like big corporations. They do this thing very well for like, you know, the last decades or so. Uh, and suddenly something totally different uh, uh, disrupts uh, their market. And well, they're, they're lost, right? They, they don't necessarily have the ability outside of, you know, very uh, small entities within the, uh, the organization to, to come up with something different, you know, to think out of the box. And so, so at some point, I thought I, I, I to myself, well, if I want to have the camera I, want, uh, you know, I, I dream uh, about, I will have to make it, right? Uh, this is, the, again, the story of this engineer who couldn't find the, the car of his dream, and so he started making it, right? So I guess uh, uh, I, I came from the same um, uh, train of thought. Uh, and you that, and you were at the time. Yeah. Were you shooting with other rangefinders at the time? Like, had you had experience with yep, that? Yep, yep. I had I had started this journey. So uh, that journey started uh, probably a couple of years uh, before. Uh, you know, um, photography. It also comes with certain periods in your life, uh, uh, and uh, that was the moment. Uh, you know, my second son had uh, uh, just arrived. I saw myself. Well, you know, first time. Photography was interesting, but I didn't necessarily understand what I was doing. And so I wanted to try it again and uh, be able to really uh, understand what I was doing in terms of, you know, uh, uh, managing all the settings and so on and really enjoying uh, the, the ability to make good pictures. Uh, and again, I, I, I keep telling that, but... Being an engineer, you know, reading all of the uh, manuals and so on, aperture, manual, blah, 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 couldn't get, you know, my head around that. <laughs> uh, whereas the day I started to, you know, use this camera that my father-in-law had, which was a rangefinder, which was a manual camera, well, things started to, you know, come into place. Uh, and the more I was digging into this whole, you know, uh, film camera world, uh, so then, uh, you know, buying uh, uh, my own uh, film uh, uh, rangefinder, uh, then trying this, uh, you know, Hasselblad cube, uh, then, oh my God, you know, uh, there is even more that I can discover. So uh, this uh, Technica, uh, you know, frame camera and so on. The more uh, I was convinced that having a screen was actually something that had prevented me from uh, really getting it. And having an optical viewfinder was uh, also the other uh, kind of eye opener. And the rangefinder on top of that makes it less, even less um, <clears throat> stressful, you know, to think about the focus. Previously, you know, focus was fighting with a joystick or a system that was very not uh, ergonomic uh, to tell the camera, this is where I want to focus. Whereas right now it was becoming um, instinctive, and um, and being also you know the software guy who had only used digital cameras so far, I saw that maybe I was not alone in uh, the in that that I was not alone to be lost you know with with cameras just because I was considering they were digital devices and that was going to be simple because you know. I get 
I get those things. Actually not. You need to to let go uh, of some of your, you know, digital habits and uh, and uh, and be able to focus on what matters. And actually what matters is what is, you know, uh, what you can see throughout the viewfinder. Uh, sure. Reality, the people you like, you, you love. Uh, and so you found this technically easy, like it started to click more with the more analog camera, which I think is really interesting. But did what, how was the, yeah. like, enjoy, did it affect your enjoyment with photography as well? I mean, that was like uh, a revelation the same type of revelation you you have when you see the uh, the picture you know coming out of uh, the 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 bust you know where you reveal uh, the print uh, i i will own, always you know remember the uh, the the eyes and the expression on the face of my second son you know when he was looking at that and that was i, I was sharing the same enjoyment what were you doing at the and, time so before you had this idea to make the what was your um like the business you said you went to school for economics i, I was a software doing? engineer well i was managing okay. uh, uh engineers because well I, like most software engineers when you get older you do right. new management yeah, uh, yeah. but uh, still uh, i was still uh, uh, happy to get my hands uh, into code uh, whenever i had the occasion i was working for for canonical so the company behind ubuntu uh, uh it was you know very exciting as well something that kind of opened my eyes in terms of uh when when you're really passionate about something uh you know wonderful things can happen uh what 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 happened with linux uh, uh which is a project you know i started using uh in 1989 or so, right? So in, in its very infancy, and I saw Linux become the main operating system used on the internet. You know, if something like that, a small individual having an ID, you know, in his bedroom and, and, and started coding, and he can kind of change the world. So maybe well, I can do a camera that others may be interested in because, well, they are coming from the same background as I. It was a lot of... Uh, it's scratching, you know, researching. Uh, how can we do that? Uh, is there a possibility to uh, to uh, source, uh, you know, parts for a rangefinder, EaseMaster, uh, you know, Voigtlander willing to discuss with me to maybe, you know, do a better digital, a new one after the Epson? Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, Dang so, it. You know, <laughs> I have the kind of, uh... I have the Epson RD one now. Right. So I have that yeah, one so as well. You, so I know what you're talking about, yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being in France as well, so uh, living in a region not so far from where uh, Mr. Uh, well, of course, today I have to forget his name, Nieps Nisefor, uh, you know, made the first photograph. Um, I saw, well, maybe there are other industry players, you know, from, not from, from his day, but from the, the 50s or, or the 60s, but all of that had disappeared. So I started realizing that actually there had not been a French camera on the market for more than 40 years. Yeah, I was yeah. just looking that up before we talked. So yeah, Pixie, you're you're from France. So the um, because mm. there that's that is exactly where the first photograph um, and I can't remember the type of chemistry that they were using for that. But then later the right. um, I'm gonna forget how to pronounce it. The uh, the daragotype or whatever it was called. <clears throat> oh, that was his last yeah. name, but that was like right. kind of more of the modern yeah. photography we're thinking of also mm -hmm. in France. Mm -hmm. So the birth of photography mm -hmm. there. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I was surprised. There was a couple of film 
cameras that I found that were from there, but not for a long time. So, but yeah, I just thought that was really cool because Pixie is in France. And, um, and so now we have a a new camera manufacturer. Yes. Uh, actually sometimes we feel a bit alone, right? In that, uh, this market is, is, is huge. Uh, the actors historically, you know, have been there for, for a long time and we're kind of the, the new kid on the block, <laughs> uh, but we're we're we're, you know, we're we're trying to find our place in this world, uh, and and right now where we feel at home is I guess really with uh, a small group of passionate people who 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 are with us for for discovering you know what comes next, uh, what what can we do from this basic idea of yes it's interesting to take a picture without a screen. Uh, yes, it is interesting to take a picture with a, with a rangefinder. And you don't necessarily have you know, to uh, to buy it from the same brand. That I have a hard time also calling them a monopoly, but they were that at some point because they sure. were just alone. Yeah. You know, like they are the only guys left in the room <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a light and they were the only one uh, making a rangefinder. So I guess we're providing... Oh, I hope we're providing something interesting to this segment as well. I think so. I, that That's what excited me the most about the Pixie is because I felt the same frustrations you felt with um, just Kenya manufacturers. It seemed like the goals right now are like, so megapixels, that's kind of still a thing, but that was a huge thing. There was a big mm-hmm. megapixel war, just like who can get the highest megapixel count. And now it's kind of like, can we get AK video on everything? And like, I don't really even shoot that much video. Mm-hmm. Or like, how fast is our frame rate? How light? I mean, the autofocus now is so fast. But like, mm-hmm. for most photographers, the difference from 2010 autofocus to now isn't going to help your pictures. Um, it's going to help some types Probably of photographers not, yeah. who do very particular stuff. But for most people, but you look at camera manufacturers, and that seems to be all they care about. And that seems to be all reviewers talk about. Um, so to get something that was just different and then focused more on the experience of photography and it's still, it still has great specs too, and obviously takes some beautiful pictures, but to focus more on the experience and, um, less on chasing some of those mm-hmm. specs. I guess that's the, uh, also the, the, the name of the game. If we don't provide something different, then we're just going to be, you know, uh, rolled on. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can't compete with, uh, you know, uh, Sony, Nikon, you know, the big names because they have all the, fe- the all the features, uh, and they're and they're competing against each other on the feature list and, and on all the performance. Uh, but again, as that was my my kind of journey, I saw that a different value proposition, a different proposition, place in this market. Uh, you talked about the the trying to see like okay who does does anyone have a rangefinder design is that like out there anymore that people can use or would people be willing to share that or whatever how did mm. you solve that is this a rangefinder you just had to no. like engineer yourself or was there something out oh, there yeah. you could base it on yeah that, that's what i gradually discovered so you know uh imagine a minute a software engineer uh you know coming to this 10 years ago and thinking, well, okay, so get a sensor, I take a processor, you know, battery and so on, some electronics, viewfinder shouldn't be so difficult and so on. Well, you know, done, 24 months, done, uh, you know. 
And then the more I was going, you know, through this, the more I was discovering that, yeah, you have to redo everything. And so mm. that's why also I came back to my, you know, uh, hometown, because that's where uh, originally um, uh, watchmakers uh, had most of it, their business. I mean, their, the, the manufacturing mm. uh, in France of, of watches was uh, done in, in Besançon, so, which is close to the Swiss border, etc. So there are a lot of industrial, um, you know, Partners, uh, I thought we could uh, we could use. Uh, I've had uh, I've had the chance uh, as well to uh, you know recruit people who were coming out of the uh, engineering school there, so they knew what like you know uh, micro mechanical uh, uh, mechanisms uh, were about. The thing is, you know, all of the industry I was talking about, well, they have customers. You know, they have a they have an order list and so on. And so a very small startup that says, well, I'd like to, you know, make maybe a prototype or a couple of pieces and so on. That was taking an awfully long time. So the sure. more we were, yeah. you know, trying to do something, the more we discovered that we had to do everything ourselves, including, you know, manufacturing the parts. So we bought, uh, you know, everything from well, the, the 3D printer and the uh, CN uh, system. Yeah. Don't even remember the, what the aberration uh, means, but anyway, you know, to to uh, to machine uh, metal parts, uh, electronics, same thing. Uh, we 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 worked with partners in order to uh, you know get some of that uh, uh, started, but then we internalized the uh, the uh, the know-how, and the same thing with the with the optical system. So. What you see uh, on your desk, uh, I'd say 99% has been designed in 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 Besançon, uh, and uh, and then we're manufacturing where it makes sense, you know, a bit all over the world. Our sensor is unfortunately not coming from uh, Grenoble in France. Uh, it is probably made, you know, in one of those big uh, CMOS fabs uh, sure, uh, yeah. in Asia. Uh, but a, a lot of the, uh, you know, the mechanical elements, optical elements, and so on, is coming from uh, either Europe or, you know, very small towns uh, around us. So. That, that's so, awesome. Yeah, it really does. It feels um, very well crafted. And that was one of the things that stood out to me from such a young startup company was um, just how well built mm -hmm. it was. And... Uh, well designed it's a beautiful camera but that makes it even better hearing okay. the story behind it and the kind of the craft and, and and one important point as well was because uh so this is this is the startup story part right and maybe uh, uh, there are also interesting things we can discuss you know from more the photography perspective but the startup story was okay fine you want to make a camera so yeah well you know how this works right uh, it needs to do volume so uh, you need to plan for like you know five or 10k uh, uh, units per year and of course you have to uh, you know go manufacture where uh, you know everyone in the world uh, does it so uh, it's mostly a marketing uh, uh, project so uh, engineering doesn't doesn't matter uh, you should just give us the pro the project we're going to hmm. uh, do it for you and then uh, you're going to be rich, right? Yeah. <laughs> Except, uh, well, it didn't work for me. Uh, 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 the, the idea of betting everything, you know, 
from day one uh, and outsourcing all of that and not managing the design. Uh, maybe it was a bit selfish as well. That is, it needed to be the camera we wanted to make, right? And I, I designed it with my, my with Melrick, uh, who is also, uh, you know, uh, part of the people who are, who are discussing with uh, with our users. Uh, we really wanted to make it this way, and so it is a an engineer product. <laughs> it is not a it is not a a, a product made. Um, uh, industrially, uh, somewhere outside of our control. I think that says it a lot about its advantages your... and sometimes some disadvantages. Yeah, no, so, I'm so, sure. So. I'm sure it's way harder. Absolutely. But, but I do think it does say a lot about your goals and your focus. Um, because if you were just interested in, um, massive unit sales or whatever, first off, you would have designed the camera differently, but then, yeah, you would have outsourced mm. it all to the very cheapest location that could do it for you. Um, maybe have them offload some of the design stuff to them. So yeah, it just goes back to what you're trying to accomplish. And I'm sure that would have failed, right? Because uh, you don't improvise making a camera. That is the first model done this way would have been a catastrophe, which Mm. would have killed the company. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying our first model was, you know, perfect, far from it, but I think it had some some interesting ideas and, and some advantages. And having the ability to know, uh, manufacture, assemble, and do all of this ourselves has also helped us make sure we, you know, we bring people along the way, we upgrade the cameras and so on. So it, it, it is a, it is like, a, you know, mountain climbing. It's harder. Uh, but I feel this is the right way to do it. Uh, You've talked about your team a little bit. How big is your team right now? So, well, we're just a five-person team. Right, oh, wow. so we're, we're we're a small company, uh, mostly engineers, and uh, th- that's something. Yeah, I, I wanted to add in that uh, having the engineers who have designed the product do the assembly, calibration, and so on was also part of my you know my ideas, the ideas of a software engineer discovering mm-hmm. how hardware works. If there is a divide between you know the engineers and the guys who are doing the production, mm, we know how, to, how this works. You know, mm-hmm. in software, uh, it's good to have the engineers actually be part of the production and fix the bugs and, and all of that because it's just a closer feedback loop. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's why we still structure this, this way. Uh, we do verifications, we integrate, and then we can calibrate typically the, uh, the range finder, which is done locally. So the final, when the kind of the pieces get maybe in different areas and then they come to you, so the final product is assembled tested and everything with you before it goes out yeah. to the customer yeah 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 and not so far uh not so long ago you know all of the cameras were on my desk at some point knew all of them uh, uh a, a bit less now I, I maybe i'm seeing like uh i don't know a third of the cameras but that doesn't mean they're bad right <laughs> uh and the the i mean Melrick and, and isabel and, and, and all the guys they're doing a fantastic job uh, um, how many pixies are there out there in the world right now? There are more and more. It's not a great, you know, it's kind of an open secret. There are less than 1,000 
but okay. we're, we're close to uh, we're close to the one thousand. Uh, I was wondering because there's a number on the top right. of mine that's less yeah. than one thousand, and I wasn't sure if that was a serial number. Like we're, that was we're still in the low, the low, you know, low digits. Um, so it's still a collector's uh, uh, camera. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very yeah. cool, and it's a cool community too. So there's there's kind of groups out there on the internet and different plights. I'm in a I'm on a Facebook group and. There's probably some other forums out there or something where people are, um, but it's a tight group. And whenever, when I started kind of posting about mine, like people recognize you, they're like, oh, I have a pixie too. Come, <laughs> let's talk yeah, and uh, yeah, kind of yeah. self, self collaborate and stuff. I, I was, I was really, you know, that was a happy surprise for me to, to see the, the, the Facebook user group. So I must say that I try not to uh, go on this group that, uh, just because uh, what what I appreciate with this group is that it's actually uh, you know photographers together big uh, hmm. yeah. user group. I would prefer not for it to become you know like the official Pixie group where you know you can say certain things but not others because it's kind of managed by the company and so on. Well, no, I think it's fine to uh, you know to have people share their passion without somehow uh, my my direct involvement. So, however, well you know when something uh, 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 when there are problems or, you know, when there are uh, issues and so on, I try to make sure that, you know, the, 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 I get the feedback uh, as soon as possible. Sure. And you're just not like directly, like the company is not directly influencing people to like say certain things. No. So I just had a chat with a, um, someone on YouTube who talks about micro four thirds cameras. Um, she's uh -huh. Emily from micro four nerds. That's her channel. And she um, yeah. talked yeah. about how, she's preferred to stay out of the like ambassador role for a company or um, mm -hmm. because she likes these cameras and she'll still get like individual things sponsored every now and then like a video or two, but she wants to stay out of it so that she can, when a new camera is released, honestly talk about its flaws and it's what they hope, hopes right. it improves and whatever. And I think that's just a, mm -hmm. that's a healthier relationship for the customer or like other people who are watching it, but also for the company. Cause um, then you're not in this like, feedback loop where you're only hearing what you want to hear because you're paying people to say yeah. <laughs> what you want to exactly, hear yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that that's the thing about you know uh, keep us honest <laughs> so yeah. you know I, I have the forum and you know uh we're there we're always there you know uh, if there are issues we're happy to hear when you know things are great and people uh you know like this or that yeah i was gonna ask if, is there anything you have this very grand dream from a long time and i think you've accomplished a lot um, is there anything you still want to accomplish that you haven't already, or like um, a little part of that dream that isn't there yet that you're trying to get to? With the camera, I guess. Yes, yes. Uh, I have plenty of. Uh, uh, it's not so much dreams, but I, I'm, there are there are other things I'd like to uh, I'd like to. To create with the camera, there are a couple of obvious features or you know performance improvements uh, that uh, we're working on anyway, uh, and we hope to deliver at some point and deliver in a way uh, that makes it compatible with the existing hardware uh, in terms of you know being upgradable. But further to that, well, there is still the software engineer in me that wonders you know how much we could we can use. Uh, all of the so-called artificial intelligence technologies in the uh, 
creative realm of uh, photography or more specifically a camera. Uh, and um, yeah, I have also some ideas that I'm working on, which are, well, not ready yet. Uh, but the main driver for me is to think that everything that I've seen so far is mostly kind of mimicking something that already exists or just mm -hmm. parroting uh, 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 features. I guess uh, in another uh, YouTube video, uh, there was this uh, this joke about, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, fish, fish, fish eye focusing, something like that. If the eye is just there to, to do the focus for you, I don't think that's... Uh, that's uh, first, the eye can do much more than that. Uh, and I think that deprives the photographer of some of the enjoyment that goes, well, enjoyment, some of the choice that goes with, you know, this is where I want to focus. And I'm in, in the driver's seat. I, sure. I'm the creative director. Uh, and so I, I, I guess that kind of uh, also defines where I see the evolution of the camera. So it's not so much about adding. So people have been have been uh, asking me to add, uh, you know, tons of features. Distributors, for example, uh, asked me, "Well, how you make uh, you, you put a screen uh, on the back of the camera? You'd sell probably you know two or three times more." It doesn't interest me so much. Maybe at some point, you know, could be. But I think that right now the ethos of Pixie is that well, it's in your head. It's not you know bothering you. Uh, uh, every time you take a picture. The other thing is, yeah, autofocus because uh, because focusing is hard, right? Uh, and again, I feel that it kind of misses the point. Uh, part of the part of the part of the thing is in being able to control uh, what the camera does. If if the camera is the photographer arm and eye, then it makes sense to me. If the camera is kind of a screen or something that you know kind of is remotely controlled by the by the photographer, but it doesn't have like direct haptic control, then I feel we're back in the old world of the Canons and the Nikons. And well, why don't you put uh, an EVF in your camera? Because you know. People are getting older, they have bad eyes and so on. So an EVF is the answer to all the problems in the world. To me, again, this would go backwards in that I specifically designed the camera so that I don't have a screen in front of me. A screen, again, literally, I keep yeah. you know hammering this, but a screen between you and, and the people you love, for example. Uh, so putting an EVF... Uh, not not so great. Plus, your camera would be would be uh, blind uh, somehow. Uh, it does have an, an eye right now, uh, and it is uh, also your your eye. So I've kind of defined what Pixie will not have so 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 soon. Uh, and, but there are yeah, quite a few interesting things that I think can uh, arrive. You know, maybe next year, uh, maybe. Uh, a few years later, uh, the whole AI thing may take a bit more time. Well, and I guess you you know that this kind of software is not necessarily uh, easy, in particular for for, for very small teams. Uh, but um, I'm sure the neural engines 
the neural engine we do have in the camera can do a lot more than uh, you know focusing uh, on your uh, cat's eye, and, and I do love cats. Yeah, there there is a lot of potential there, and I don't I don't know all the you know ways it can be helpful in, like you said, that still allow you to be the creator and the one who feels mm -hmm. like is in total control. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot there. It is funny you're talking about the the people mentioning different aspects because it's it's almost as if they're saying like, how about you you make like a Fuji film like like that camera yeah. actually already exists. <laughs> so if you want an yeah. EVF, and it's not like a um, it's not like a rude thing or whatever. If you need an EVF or something, a camera like that exists. Mm -hmm. So that's great that it exists, and you can go that route. Right. Um, but that's so smart to stay core to what your product is and what makes it different. Um, because yeah, otherwise you're in the same bucket as everything else, and now you have to compete with that. Right, and it, it, it's a bit painful sometimes because I feel that my life is no about saying no ninety percent of the time and <laughs> just picking up the right ideas or the right ideas. The ideas, uh, or you know, the expression goes like uh, you know, pick your pick your battles. Mm -hmm. You know, putting an EVF, as you said, already exists. What what new would we provide? Well, that others uh, haven't done already. We almost made it in a bit now to upgrade the camera every year or so. So okay. it's like your iPhone, then your Pixie camera can also uh, you know, get some fresh uh, new features every year. Right. With the uh, difference so. being that you can have those added to your camera, your existing camera, and yeah. just upgrade that part. So your the upgrade you just released like a month or two ago um, had some different components to it, but one was for the rangefinder itself, yeah. like the whatever that particular part of the rangefinder. Um, and so, yeah, so I could, I, I didn't go for it because I didn't want to ship the camera off. I was like, I don't know, I want to hang on to it, so I might do it mm -hmm. later. But, um, but yeah, I could just pay for just that part and get it swapped on my existing camera and get that part upgraded, which I think, once again, is a, dis a, a distinguishing factor from other camera manufacturers. And we can do it because we haven't sold like millions of them, right? And because I also respect the fact that, you know, industrial players at the scale they're at, well, uh, unless they've really engineered the system to be able to be, uh, you know, very easily upgradable, uh, it's just not doable for them. Sure. Uh, but well, hopefully, uh, you know, startups like us and, and other, you know, in, in other sectors can, uh, can promote more of that. Uh, uh, aspects of uh, upgrading things, great things, comes also from you know when when you when you look at the uh, the, the the film cameras, they always work. Right? Mm -hmm. you, you 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 take some of them and they have like fifty years. I I have well, I, I I'm I'm very uh, you know happy to have a, a few ninety thirty uh, cameras that I have, uh, and I still make photos with them uh, from time to time uh, and that's very funny you know when my my uh, brother-in-law uh, just forgot his like uh, battery charger and was able to you know keep on making photos because it's a thin camera it keeps working uh, just have to service it a bit and I was looking uh, you know when, when when I was doing PC I was looking uh, at providing the same level of durability uh, whenever possible and in terms of well durability, uh, you know, electronics, uh, uh, hardware, that's another story. Since uh, the last ten years, maybe fifteen years, but having a manufacturer tell you well, 
I'm going to be there in 15 years to provide you with, you know, two right. basement parts, uh, another story. So uh, we have to bite the bullet and say, well, this thing is not going to last, but it needs to be able to, you know, be a replaceable uh, element. Sure. How do you do that? Do you just make sure it's like a not like the electronic stuff is not proprietary enough where where possible that it could in the future be replaced yeah. with another manufacturer's version of that thing? Yeah, uh, that plus well, uh, after you know two or three versions, we now have our internal interfaces, uh, so we, we we make sure we stay compatible. Or we have an upgrade, uh, an upward compatibility uh, the other way around, but. You see what I mean? That is trying to be compatible uh, so that step by step we can we can upgrade the camera without breaking everything else. Uh, one aspect of the of this is also the software. So obviously uh, there is a Linux system in the camera, which means that a lot of that variety of hardware we can manage a lot more easily. Uh, we can op- also uh, we are likely to be able to. Uh, Kind of so that we don't have to rewrite, you know, tons of drivers for chips and so on. Uh, but well, <laughs> we still have to write uh, quite a bit of code, especially for the uh, for the camera sensor. You don't see an open source driver for the type of sensors we have hmm. in the camera. It's still the realm of you know camera manufacturers, which we yeah. manage to uh, get. Uh, to the you know to this level i have also this this idea you know that at some point maybe there is a part of the camera that could have an api uh, so that you know interested folks could also uh you know be able to write i don't know uh, transformers filters be able to interface with the camera i've been asking us about that as well i'm, I'm not taking that so lightly in that you know i could say okay yeah fine you know uh, Take a look here and there, uh, providing and managing APIs, doing the basic developer support and so on. That's still something that takes quite some time. And right now, I'm more like devoting all of our focus to uh, uh, photography. Yeah, that makes sense. That would be cool in the future if that ever does come. I think there is a... Um, a niche it's not a big population but there is people that like that access and would like to Mm, tinker and configure and play with yeah so i think that would be really cool yeah especially when i'm when i'm looking at you know research papers where they kind of uh, bang their head on the wall because they have to interface with a you know commercial camera that doesn't really uh, wants to be uh, you know poked at Uh, Uh and so yeah pixie would be a very good research uh, test bed. Yeah, that's interesting what you said uh, yeah, earlier about right. the camera sensors and how um, the type of sensor you have in here, it, you still mm-hmm. have to, you, there's, if there's not like a ton of open support and understanding how to connect and use it and, and, or, or like things you can just use, like drivers you can mm-hmm. use. Because I, um, I was looking into, I have another little, it's kind of like a toy camera, but they built it off of basically just like one of these generic little sensors you can buy for like a Raspberry Pi or Arduino or something. But that stuff's yeah. all super easy to use. But you're saying once you get to yeah. like these real bigger camera centers, sensors used in like what you would think of as a mm. professional camera, they don't have that sort of open compatibility and yeah, support. No. And to get access to uh, to that type of sensor, you also have to be somehow known in the business. Hmm. Uh, our first sensor was a sensor that was available to research labs. 
to uh, you know industrial uh, makers and so on. And it's only because I also have you know I was very lucky to have uh, uh, Fabrice in our team. Fabrice was the, the former SVP of GoPro, where obviously oh, okay. good industry relations. And so uh, he, he was he, he's been helping us to you know get in get in touch with. Uh, the best sensor manufacturers in the industry, and so the the second sensor we, we well the, the sensor that is in, is something that uh, is not is not available to uh, to to everyone, and well the documentation is very specific. Uh, this is not something you can you can share, right? And, uh, I've been working on you know Linux for long enough to know that uh, having a, a a hardware manufacturer start to share you know more of its ip and you know inner workings and so on that's a very uh, long process and uh, i guess this manufacturer is ready to do that uh, for uh, you know certain aspects of its of its hardware portfolio but but not all of them uh, we used to be working you know with the the arm folks the, the guys doing the, the microprocessors and it's been also well they were Kind of uh, evangelizing, uh, you know, uh, this industry about uh, making uh, software drivers available to the open source community. Yeah, that's so interesting. So interesting to think of all the challenges it, you didn't even mention that you had to go through to get this out there. Um, well, yeah. I'm super excited for you and your company and your vision and what you've Thank set you. out to accomplish. Um, thanks so much for sitting down and chatting with us. It was a pleasure, yeah, James. So uh, appreciated. Uh, the conversation. I hope we can, uh, you know, we can catch up at some point. Uh, you know, about new stuff, new, new, new uh, photographic creations. Uh, uh, I, I would like the Pixie project and you know the discussion around the Pixie project to become more and more about the artists mm. and and the people uh, creating. You know, great art, be they professionals or you know amateurs. Uh, I actually prefer amateurs because I'm one. <laughs> and that's uh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not consider myself uh, anywhere near a professional photographer. So yeah, that's where you know my heart Thanks for joining me for this episode of Happy Snappin'. I hope you found this discussion insightful. I have many more episodes in the works with creative and interesting photographers. So subscribe if you want to see more of those. I'd also love to hear your comments and thoughts about this episode and any general questions you may have or suggestions for future episodes, so please leave those. You'll find more information about this podcast along with a forum for like-minded photographers and more at www.snappiness.space. All right, go out there and take pictures wherever you are and with whatever gear you have, and until next time, happy snapping.